What will the Eldora Million look like in 2023 in terms of entries? Today we'll get into this probably six months too early and talk about the possibilities. Let's go. It's Thursday, December 29th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. This topic for today is one I've had a few side conversations about here over the last couple of weeks after this got announced, and it got brought up in the comments on yesterday's video by NMS Sports Cards. And I'll admit right off the top here that it's entirely way too early to have this conversation, but who cares? Let's do it anyway. So the question is, what could the car count look like for the Eldora Million next year? And what, if any, outside drivers could make a serious run at competing in this event? For the million in 2022, when it was a late model show, the race drew 124 cars, according to the results sheet, uh, and there were a handful of drivers in attendance who you wouldn't normally see at a late model show. That short list included Chase Briscoe, Tyler Courtney, and Donnie Schatz. Courtney hadn't competed in a late model before 2022, and he ran just a little bit to get himself ready for the event. Schatz has made pretty regular late model starts in previous years, including at Dirt Car Nationals, World Finals, and elsewhere, so that wasn't a serious leap for Schatz. And Chase Briscoe ran a few late model shows last season as part of a larger dirt schedule with his NASCAR sponsor Mahindra. As for the car count, it was definitely pumped up over the other big late model special events we've seen at Eldora. The World in Dream often draws 70 or 80 cars, although the World in 2022 had 107. For the sprint cars in 2023, though, I would not expect this event to go into the triple digits like we often see at Knoxville. The King's Royal and historical big one last year drew near 60, uh, which is very similar to past years of King's Royal weekends. And if you look at other big events through the year, Gold Cup was around 50, same with the $100,000 uh, to win show at Husits. The Knoxville Nationals draws more cars because the pay down through the field is just so damn strong. The Saturday night event pays $10,000 just to start and teams can come for the week and get to race, you know, several times through the week and make some decent cash along the way. And that won't necessarily be the case for the million if you're a little bit further down the field. The two prelim features are 12,000 win and 1,000 to start, so pretty similar to a standard outlaw purse. While the million purse is just really top heavy. 24th in the field, the last car, you know, basically pays 6,000 to start, but a 10th place finish is only good for 8,000. Because of that, I think the best we can hope for with the million field is maybe something in the 70s for car count. And the other question here is if we'll see any crossover from maybe the late model world or NASCAR or elsewhere. And not long after the announcement uh, was out, people were tweeting at Jonathan Davenport about racing uh, in the sprint car version of the event. And there was even this paint scheme that I'm showing on the screen right now floating around. Davenport did say uh, that he'd probably just have to stay in uh, his lane on this one, and I think that will probably be the overwhelming sentiment from most of the late model crowd. I dug into the DirtTracker.com analytics database this morning to see what drivers have made appearances with both a national sprint car tour like the Outlaws and All-Stars and also a national late model tour like Lucas and the Outlaws. In the last several seasons, the list is pretty short. It includes Kyle Larson, Brandon Overton, Donnie Schatz, Chase Briscoe, Parker Price Miller, and John Garvin. PPM and Schatz are already in here. They're sprint car drivers, and we'll see them anyway. Chase Briscoe has made sprint car starts in recent seasons, but hasn't raced with the Outlaws since 2018, and he doesn't appear at all in my list of all-star drivers, so that means he hasn't raced with the All-Star since at least 2018, uh, if he's raced with them at all. I'm not sure I'd hold my breath on Garvin either. He hadn't been an outlaw show since 2020 at Lernerville. 
Brandon Overton would be an intriguing one, but his lone appearance with the Outlaws was at World Finals in 2021, and he only raced the one night and nothing since. All the other possible names that got mentioned uh, uh, with the late model drivers, you know, including Ricky Thornton Jr., Nick Hoff, and Brandon Shepard, all of those kind of feel like pipe dreams to me. Even with RTJ's recent forays in Tulsa, you know, we've seen him in Midget. He's running this week at the Tulsa Shootout. And the same is true for someone like Devin Moran. Moran has been in a sprint car, but he hasn't competed on a big stage. And if you talk about the NASCAR drivers, you have to assume Larson is in here. That just makes a ton of sense. You know, he's going to have these days off. Uh, so you, you would think he's, you know, a shoe-in to run this race. I would wonder about Christopher Bell. He would certainly uh, have a chance to win, but he would need the right ride, and he would probably also need permission from his JGR and Toyota bosses. His dirt schedule has definitely been lighter since getting that big call-up to the Cup Series, and I would definitely not expect names like Tyler Reddick, William Byron, Chase Elliott, or Kyle Busch to get involved. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is usually good for a few sprint car starts a season, but those have come in recent years in 360 competition. We've seen him at some USCS stuff. His last outlaw appearance was in 2019. You know, we saw him here and there run at Charlotte and some different stuff. So I wouldn't expect him to be involved in this. I do think that Alex Bowman is a possibility with his car. He made 11 outlaw starts uh, in 2022, including at the Kings Royal and historical big one. He did deal with a concussion late in the NASCAR season, so that could be a factor next year about whether or not he decides to do more extracurricular racing. The only other wild card I was thinking about here is Stuart Friesen. He's obviously incredible in a big block modified and has made national touring late model starts. And don't forget that Friesen has a World of Outlaws sprint car win on his resume from back in 2015 at Oshweekin. He hasn't run a ton of sprint car stuff in recent years, but he is a guy I think who would be respectable here. Feel free to weigh in here. Let me know what you think about the car count, any possible wildcard entries. It feels like going from a sprint car to a late model is maybe a safer move like we saw this year than going from a late model to a sprint car. I just don't know that we'll see Davenport or Shepard or Tim McCready or some of these guys do that just to make a chance, uh, just to have a chance at the million dollars. And the schedule does work out. Lucas races the day before and the day after, um, but it's not like there's a week off or something like that for them to be able to make this move. But let me know what you think. Oh, we talked earlier this week about what sprint car teams uh, would do for 2023, you know, whether they're going to pick national tours, go pick and choose. And as of yesterday, we've got our third confirmed full-time World of Outlaws driver. Joining Noah Gass and James McFadden on that list for next season is Robbie Price. Price will return to the seat of the side 7S and get a chance to run his first full Outlaw season and compete for Rookie of the Year. Price took over the 7S in 2022 at Attica in May and ran 52 races when Jason Sides decided to step out of the seat. Sides will continue his role as team owner and crew chief, but did say in a release from the Outlaws that he'll still run a handful of races next season. Bryce is from British Columbia and was a regular runner uh, kind of up and down the West Coast before getting this opportunity with Sides. He competed a bunch in both 410 and 360 competition in Washington and California. In his 52 races in 2022, he had two top fives and two top tens and an average feature finish of about 18th. Uh, he hit, appeared in features 35 times. He had top five results at Red River Valley and Skagit. Price was much more consistent later on in the year, only missing the feature twice over the final 22 race nights. Uh, and getting back to uh, getting a chance to go back to some of those racetracks for the second and third time next year should make life a little bit easier for him. And since we're talking about full-time World of Outlaws drivers, it sounds like we can probably include Logan Schuhart and Jacob Allen as well on the list of drivers for 2023. Uh, there hasn't been a release or anything official from the series, but Schuhart did tell Steve Post at PRI 
that the plan was for Shark Racing to be full-time with the series again, and this was after the uh, Platinum Agreement news came out from World Racing Group. The post-Shuhart interview is available on the Racing Electronics YouTube channel if you want to see it for yourself. So that would take us to five total right now. That would be Gas, McFadden, Price, Shuhart, and Allen. We won't see the Outlaws start their season until February 9th at Volusia for Dirt Car National, so still plenty of time here for stuff to happen. There are four shows on today's streaming schedule. Clay Preview has sprint cars from Avalon Raceway that should be later on tonight and into tomorrow morning here in the U.S. Uh, Flow Racing has another day that's already happening right now uh, of action from the Tulsa Shootout and Flow 24-7. There's also Dirt Vision now. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, that's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Thursday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back here tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. <laughs>